Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Oderico, and joining me is LPJ professional Sydney Miller, and we are your hosts. We're broadcasting live every Tuesday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern here on the blogtalkradio.com network, bringing you some of the best golfers, teacher professionals, and entrepreneurs helping to elevate women's golf. We're so glad you decided to join us this morning, so grab your coffee and let's get started. All right. Thank you, everybody, for joining us this morning here on the Women of Golf Show. As always, we're very excited to be here with you for another Tuesday morning. Uh, and for those of you just tuning in, obviously, you found us. Um, we're on the blogtalkradio.com network every Tuesday from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern. And at the end of the show, uh, on the closing credits, you'll hear some other great ways that you can tune into the broadcast as well. But we want to thank you for joining us this morning. Um, here live uh, on uh, the blogtalkradio.com networks, Women of Golf. Good morning, Cindy. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing very well. I should be asking, how are you? You were a little under the weather the last week on the show, but uh, you sound like you're feeling much better this week. I am. I am. I am. I'm grateful. <laughs> Nothing. Nothing like a little spring, uh, early spring cold to, to start the season off, but uh, glad you're feeling better and we've all been there. Um, we've got a great show this morning. We're going to be joined here in just literally a few seconds um, by a great young lady uh, off the Symmetra Tour, Karen Chung. I'm going to tell you a little bit about her. And then a little bit later on, uh, we're going to be uh, joined by uh, an LPGA teaching and club professional, Sally Austin, uh, a little bit later on in the show. But um, let me just tell you a little bit about Karen and then we will uh, bring her on uh, on the show to join us. Uh, Karen is uh, 23, a native of Livingston, New Jersey. Uh, she was part of Team USA Victory at the 2012 Junior Ryder Cup, uh, also a two-time member of Team USA at the Junior Solheim Cup in 2011 and 13. She's won three collegiate events for the University of Southern Cal, uh, named a Women's Golf Coaches Association Honorable Mention All-American and All-Pac-12 First Team as a junior in 2016. And recently, uh, at the inaugural LPGA Q Series, uh, she earned her priority list Category 14 status for this season, the 2019 LPGA Tour season. So we're going to talk a little bit about that and more. But uh, Cindy, let's welcome our uh, very special guest this morning, Karen Chung. Good morning. Hi, good morning. <laughs> good morning, guys. How are you guys? We're doing well. Thank you for joining us. Um, where are you now, Karen, just so we know what, what time you're on? Um, I'm actually in California right now. Oh, so you're up early. <laughs> well, as they say here, as they, yeah, as they say here in the South, bless your heart for getting up so early and and uh, joining us. We appreciate it. Um, Cindy, you go ahead and start things off this morning. So tell us what category fourteen is, please. So I got my car through the two series that final stage and I I honestly I forgot what number I stand right now but as of this year it is considered a full tour card but my priority list stands as a conditional status so I've been waiting to get into tournaments still for this year ah, so, there, so there's obviously very any of yeah. Ask it again, Cindy. Did you hear me? Did Have you gotten into any events this year? No, not yet. As of now, I think my first start will be either Hawaii or Virginia right now. And when are those events? Uh, one's in April, and then I believe the other one is a couple weeks after that, so maybe beginning of May. Oh, that's not too bad. Mm-hmm. I know the feeling. I've always been an alternate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm just trying to climb up the ladder slowly. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I, I feel your pain. you got to just sit back and practice and then hopefully play well and move up the status line. Exactly. <laughs> Go ahead, Ted. Let me ask you, uh, Karen, because um, we got some of the notes here um, 
from from Zach, uh, the media specialist. Um, now you were playing in a Monday qualifier for the Kia Classic on the LPJ. Is that correct? Played yesterday. <laughs> Okay, so how did you tell us a little bit how that went and how did you feel um, your game was at that time? Uh, yesterday, to be honest, it didn't really go as planned, uh, but I guess that's golf. You have your ups and downs. Um, it was just cool try- being back out there because I played that tournament two years ago during my rookie year, and I mean, it's everyone's dream to just go back on the LPGA, so it was cool trying to qualify again for the same tournament but didn't really go as planned so I'm going to uh, Beaumont for the Symmetra event but hopefully I'll have right. a good week there so you're what going was, to Beaumont what was some of the struggles later... sorry about that no that's okay go ahead you're going to Beaumont at the end of this week to play in the Symmetra or do you have to qualify for that as well Oh, no, I'm going over there today, actually, to practice and then play this week. So you're in the event? Yes. Oh, okay, good. I thought you, your first event wasn't going to be until April. Oh, no, I'm in all the semester events, but I'm just waiting on to get into the LPGA one. So you're category 14 on the LPGA Tour? Yes. Right. Okay, I thought you were Category 14 on Symmetra. Oh, no, 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 on the LPGA. Okay, well, that's awesome, then. That's really (laughs) good. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that's (laughs) way better than being Category 14 on Symmetra. That's like depressed, Bill. (laughs) (laughs) That's not really where I'm No. Um, Karen, let me let me ask you, Karen. Um, yesterday during the qualifying round, what part of your game sort of let? I mean, I hate to use the term "let you down," but what what part of your game did you struggle with the most yesterday? Uh, my putting. Honestly, I've been struggling with my putting for a bit, and I just haven't been able to pick the right putter, and I haven't really been able to put the ball in the hole myself. So I'm still trying to figure it out. Right. Yeah, and, and that's. Um, what's your strongest part of your game, do you think? I'd have to say driving. I mean, I don't really miss fairways, but once I get there, it's kind of like a free-for-all. But I can get to the fairways really quickly and <laughs> easily. Well, well it's always good to have a good know. start. Yeah, yeah. It's Obviously, it sounds like your iron play and, and maybe a little bit of putting needs to, to sharpen up a little bit, but it sounds like overall you've got a pretty good game. Um, now, you finished tied ninth at the Iowa Championship last year, and you're playing in this year's event, which I guess is uh, the end of the month. Um, is What are you going to do differently this year, do you think, to, to increase your chances? What are you gonna, Obviously, you're going to practice more, and, and, uh, but what are you going to really focus on this week to, uh, to ensure – that uh, it's a successful tournament for you? Uh, Last year, I did try to play safe. So this year, I'm going to try to go in there and try to attack more pins and be a little bit more aggressive since I know how the course lays out and see if I can roll in a couple more putts and see what I shoot. (laughs) Right. Very good. Um, Cindy, go ahead. So when you say the best part of your game is driving, is it because you hit it far or you hit a lot of fairways? I hit a lot of fairways, and then I can poke it out there here and there. <laughs> yeah? My, Are yeah, you long? My, I'm not long, but I guess to my size I hit it pretty long because every time I play with someone, they're like, hey, you hit it pretty good for your size. And I'm like, good to know. <laughs> <laughs> Now, what are you doing to try to make your putting better? Tell us what you're working on. Is it distance control? Is it stroke shape? Is it alignment? Is it reading green? It's a little bit of everything, but right now I'm struggling with green speed. So I've been doing a couple drills where I lay out uh, towels from like maybe 15 steps away and then 20 steps away, and then I just try to roll my balls onto the towels from those distance and then from like a downhill side and then uphill side. And then that's pretty much it for now. Still trying to look for more drills or anything that'll help me. 
Well, that's good. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Some uh, always good to have a few good drills. Um, now, Karen, you played some very. I was looking at some of the stats here, and you played some very impressive golf uh, while you're at USC. Tell us a little bit about your your college experience. Um, obviously, you're in a, a team format there as opposed to individual. But um, what did you what did you learn from that experience um, playing with uh, with some of your fellow competitors? I mean, it was so much fun because golf is an individual sport. So having those four years to play with teammates, it was amazing. Um, I, we would go to such nice places too, and I mean, it was just a great atmosphere to play golf. And since there's, I think we had nine of us on the team then when I was there. You just learn from each other, and you just vibe off with each other, and you just kind of get to share your best aspects from your golf game with your teammates, which was really fun, and it was a, it was cool. <laughs> very good. Are you, do you think you're a, a kind of a conservative player? Like, are you a very safe player traditionally, uh, or are you a, normally a very aggressive player when you play? Hmm. I'm a very bipolar player because I'll have stretches of weeks where I'll go super conservative, depending on how my iron play feels. Mm-hmm. And if I if my iron play feels great, I'll be attacking pins. Like, I just go for everything usually. But nowadays, I've kind of learned that's not the greatest play every single time. <laughs> Trying to back <laughs> off on that right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's... Uh, I, I think you have to find a balance. You're exactly right. I think sometimes when... All, all the the cylinders are firing in the engine. I think you can you can be a little bit more assertive and aggressive depending on the course. But uh, I agree with that. I think sometimes you have to know when to play conservative as well. And Cindy, you you can concur with that. You've played many times out there, and a lot of times you've just gone for it and it didn't work out the way you wanted. But you know you you realize that sometimes you had to scale it back in order to to play your best golf. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I guess we learn by our mistakes. Hopefully. And again, you know, if if you're going for everything and you're making mistakes and you're shooting big numbers, then you got to back it down and get a little wiser. But then on the other hand, it's the only way to shoot really, really, really low is to, um, you know, have the courage to go for things. So it's a two-sided sword. Right. Let me ask you, Cindy, I want to ask you a question. And Karen, um, I know you're probably working with, with somebody now, but Cindy, if, if Karen was a student of yours and just based on, I mean, obviously you haven't given her a proper assessment, but just based on some of the, the conversation of her game and that, what would you, um, if you were working with her, what do you think that you would suggest that she, she does to help, you know, kind of firm up some of the areas that she's mentioned she's, she's struggling with right now? Well, I can I can tell by her tone and her voice and her laughing that she's probably a high eye personality. Karen, have you ever taken a, a disc assessment? Uh, I have no idea what that is, to be honest. <laughs> okay, so it's a ba- behavior report. Um, are you friends with Christina Kim? Yes, I am. Okay, so do you and Christina Kim act a little bit alike? Kind of, not really. I'm usually on the quieter side when I'm with her. Well, that's because she's really loud. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let me ask you this. Are you more detailed or, or do you like to let it rip? I like to let it rip. Okay. Um, are you a competitive control freak? Yeah, yeah, I am. Okay, okay. And who talks more, Christina or you? I think I know because you just kind of said. Hey, Christina. <laughs> who, um, so here's the deal. I believe that you're a high DI personality. And if you want to send me an email, I will send you a link to take a free assessment. And it's going to help you know who you are. So, you have to weigh the odds of when you take the risk and when you lay up. I'm a mm-hmm. high DI myself, so I'm a competitive control freak. 
And I might tend to go for things without thinking. And then, you know, you bury it in the bunker and you make an eight and then you're pissed and then it's your caddy's fault or your husband's fault or whatever. Somebody else's fault, it's not your fault. So what I would do is I would say that the more we can help you learn to know who you are and what your behavior style is and what motivates you to action, I think you can then make wiser decisions on the golf course that will help you play to your potential better. So um, my email is cindy at cindymillerinc.com. If you want to take a free assessment, let me know. Um, because, again, you probably – what's the lowest score you've ever shot? T6. <laughs> Not too low. Okay. 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 Um, and how long ago was that? Uh, you know, I don't remember the last time I shot 66. I've got – I shot 67 multiple times, but it's been a couple of years, I think. <laughs> Okay, so typically someone like you and I, and 66 is the lowest I've ever shot either, too. Um, But typically we either, it depends on the behavior style. Again, so our son, let me just give you an example. Our son played at Ohio State University on Mm -hmm. a golf team, and then he, he transferred to Augusta State. And Jamie is his name, and he is a very high DI, like I believe you and I are. I know I am. I believe you are. So Mm -hmm. when somebody tells him you got to go make 300 three-foot putts, he looks at him with eyes rolling like, oh, my God, shut up, right? So (laughs) a a detail-oriented coach to him will drive him nuts. So when he went to the um, school sports psychologist, the guy told him, look, you're a different kind of a player. You've got to scan it, plan it, see it, do it. You can't do all this detail stuff. So does all that detail detail stuff drive you crazy? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's why I've been coachless for about 10 years now. (laughs) Right, because you just want to slap somebody because they're trying to get you to be very um, analytical, and you can't mm-hmm. be that way. If you do that, you will play worse. So <laughs> yeah. just by listening to your voice, I can tell that that's the way you are. So you got to send me an email because this thing's going to shed light on a lot of stuff, and and okay. then maybe we can go out and shoot 63. So there. Yes, that'd be amazing. I'd take that any day. <laughs> okay. Cool. Send me an email. Cindy at cindymillerink.com. Yes, for sure. I will send you an email. Wait, can I get your email again? Cindy at cindymillerinc.com. Thank you. Well, some, You're welcome. Yeah, some very great insight, Cindy, um, in, in that uh, part of the segment. You know, you're, you're exactly right. I think understanding you know, who you are and, and how you uh, adapt to certain things in all areas of your life, but particularly out in the golf course, understanding how you approach things can make a world of difference as a player. And I think, you know, we've talked about this before. I think sometimes, you know, we're learning more and more now as, as teacher professionals and coaches that, you know, we can't sort of pigeonhole everybody into the same category because we are so uniquely different. It's not just the that the golf swings are different, but it's just mentally how we process things are different as well. And I think having a better understanding, Karen, I think is, is definitely going to shed a lot of light as Cindy just mentioned. So definitely reach out to her um, through her email and she'll uh, send that link to you. And, and I think it would be very, very helpful for you, um, you know, as you progress through your career. Um, just let me just ask you. Something. Let me hang on one yeah, go second. Ahead. Because so for someone like Karen, most of the golf world is going more left brain, which is technology, which how many, right. how many players are out on the range with a track man or a flight scope next to them with their coach. And they're looking at all these numbers and stuff. Right. Yep. Karen? Right. 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 Yeah. So if you're, if you go, Oh my God, I cannot do that. It's just way too much information. And and you are going away from that. Some of those players could kind of give you a little grief and almost you feel as though you don't care 
or you're not that committed, you have to Mm -hmm. stick to your guns and know that more or less brain information will absolutely, definitely screw you up. So you've got to trust your instincts. You've got to. No matter how much pressure your parents, your your mom, your dad, your your anybody puts on you. I mean, there's a fine line. You have to act like you care, which you do, or you wouldn't be out there. But you absolutely <laughs> don't let, let them make you feel as though you're not trying hard enough because you're not doing all that left brain stuff. So stick to your guns. Yes, thank you for sure. I mean, that's great that you brought that up because that's how I felt my rookie year on the LPGA. I saw all these girls on the range of track, man, and they were just getting down to it. And I would just kind of go do my thing and then leave. And I didn't really have a great season my rookie year. So midway through the re- season, I kind of lost myself. And I was just – I began to, like, question myself. I was like, am I not putting in the work? Like, I just completely forgot how I got there. And, I mean, that's a great point you made. Like, after that, I just try to go back to my wings and just try to stand there. <laughs> Good girl. Good yeah, girl. I, That's the only I, I, way you're going to succeed, so stick to your guns. Don't let them make yes, you feel ma'am. stupid. Okay. Yeah, that's yes, some ma'am. great advice, Cindy. Yeah, that, that's some great advice. You know, Karen, this is something, too, that, um, uh, you know, a, a lot of players out on tour, you know, we, we've had the, the pleasure, Cindy and I, of, of speaking with a lot of great young ladies, both on the Symmetra and, and uh, those that have, uh, you know, got some status on the LPGA as well. And uh, there's been quite a few that have mentioned at some point, you know, they feel like they've kind of lost themselves and they've had to regroup in that. And I think a lot of times, you know, you, you feel that pressure, you know, you're out on tour, you're um, traveling a lot and a lot of other, uh, you know, sort of anxiety creeps up. And the last thing you need is to sort of be conformed into to one way of thinking. You have to go out, as Cindy said, and, and just sort of, you know, find yourself and find what works best for you. And if that involves you know, using some of the technology, that's great. If you can do it without that, that's great too. Whatever works for you is, is how you've got to, you know, uh, approach this. And, um, you know, you just got to remember, as you mentioned yourself very early on in the discussion, um, you know, there's going to be moments when you're going to be really up and, and high and just everything's going great and, and the putting's working and, the you know, you're hitting all the fairways and the irons are, are hot and then there's going to be other days where it's just going to feel like somebody kicked the stool out from underneath you and you're going to say, what, what am I doing out here? Um, that <laughs> yeah. day is going to happen, you know, and, and you, you know that yourself, you're, you're going to have that. But if you stick to your plan, as, as Cindy is mentioning, and I think this, as she said, this, this assessment, um, you know, that, that you're going to do, I think will help shed some light and help reaffirm some things you probably already know. Um, but maybe some things that you didn't know about yourself, and that will help you refocus, um, you know, a, a more, um, you know, detail or not detailed, but um, you know, focus more in the direction that you need to go, and not what you know. The, the thing is, you're not going to really, wor- you don't want to worry about what somebody else is doing out there, because then you start to play their game. You need to go and play your game, and that's what's going to give you the most amount of success over your career. And um, I think doing this assessment will really help shed some light on that. Um, let me just ask you very quickly, um, uh, as we get close to, to ending our time here, um, as I mentioned earlier on in, in some of the opening uh, uh, discussion, you were part of Team USA uh, during the 2012 Junior Ryder Cup team uh, and also a member of Team USA at the Junior Solheim Cup. What do you take away from that experience? Obviously, you know, uh, you enjoyed that, that opportunity to be in a team format again, but what, what did you take away from those, uh, you know, from those experiences that you're carrying forward now? I mean, all it comes down to during the Junior Ryder Cup and the, I mean, the Solheim Cup is you're just trying to take down that one player that's standing right in front of you, and it's a match play format, so you can be aggressive as you can. Like, you can get an eight and still just be one down or one up. Mm -hmm. So I guess that whole feeling of aggressiveness, you just kind of have to attack at that moment. And for me, usually it worked out great during those instances. Again, for my career now, it's, hurt me in the beginning, but I've learned to control that, so hopefully it'll bring me some. 
Yeah. You mentioned on your rookie year, um, you know, as a professional, you said that, that you, you had some struggles. Do you think that um, maybe sometimes you're, you're looking back at that time, possibly it's affecting how you're playing now. Do you think that, you know, obviously, you know, your, your first uh, season out officially on tour and you're, you know, you're playing with with some of the best young ladies in the world. So you're, you're trying to find your own way, if you will. Do you think sometimes that, that, um, you know, sort of negative experiences that you may have had along the way have carried on? Like, have you been able to shed those experiences to some degree and sort of move forward in today's game? Or do you think sometimes you look back and say, well, you know, this is what happened here. And when that scenario happens again, you're, you're sort of carrying that baggage with you. What do you think about that? I think it was half and half for me because I took away a lot that year after I played when I looked back and I said, hey, these are some stuff that I need to work on if I want to get better and actually stand a chance out there. But also at the same time, like, I'm human, so there are times I look Mm -hmm. back on it. And I, because I felt kind of unwelcomed and just, kind of where I lost myself midway through the season, I just kind of carry on to that feeling sometimes, and I almost feel like sometimes I don't even belong out there. So it's just like a daily struggle, but, I mean, those are just struggles that everyone needs to come over to get on the LPGA, so still trying to learn how to do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that's a, a struggle. You know, the the thing that you have to say to yourself, Karen, is – that every person out there shares those same feelings at some point, uh, especially when they're first starting out on tour. Um, you know, do I belong here? Do I, you know, do I fit in with some of these great, you know, um, young ladies that have maybe won multiple tournaments or won, um, you know, major tournaments and things like that. And, you know, you obviously did the work to get there. The fact that you're even there, should answer that question very easily for you. And would you agree, Cindy? I think that that's something that a lot of players um, struggle with when they first come out on tour that, you know, they're kind of, I don't want to say star truck, uh, star struck, but, uh, <clears throat> but just a little bit overwhelmed with, with some of the, the stuff going on. It's, it's, it's a much bigger stage than maybe what they realize when they first get out there. What do you think? I don't think it's a, I don't think it's the oh my god it's a much bigger stage. I think they've been preparing for this, you know, for a long time. Karen didn't just show up. She's you know she's a player. She's been right. around a while. She's been she's a great junior. I think it's clicky, and I think the yeah. travel, and and I think the distractions. That that's this is my feeling from one because I played on the tour for a few years and I've been on the Legends tour for a long time. Karen, let me, you know, I think working on your game is the easiest part of it. Would you agree? Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's what are you doing tonight? Do you stay in private housing? No, I actually stay in the hotel for this year because I'm traveling around with my friend who's helping me out on the bag. <laughs> okay, well, see, that's, that's way better, Okay. Do you have mm-hmm. enough money to play all year with no worries? Oh, no. I mean, it's the semester tour, so I got to work hard. Yeah. Well, so again, right. that was my fear all the time is, you know, you better play well because you don't have enough money. In fact, I qualified at the for the qualifying school at tour, for, to get on tour in right. July, and I didn't have enough money for an entry fee the next week. So I couldn't go play the next week. So, I mean, I know you're feeling, you're like, oh, my God, I've got to play well. You know, this is so much pressure. And I used to stay in private housing, and every week, and again, God bless private housing, it's great. But, you know, you're going to a new house. Who are you? How long have you played? Where? And I felt like walking in and saying, here's my resume. Where's my room? Shut up. Don't talk to me. You know? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't be a creep because they're letting you stay in their house and they're saving you, you know, 500 to a thousand bucks a week. So oh, yeah, exactly. Right. It's the rest of the crap that goes with it. Practicing is the minimal <laughs> and easy part. So I feel you, my dear. But on the <laughs> other hand, if you love playing golf and you love working on your game, 
if you can deal with all the other stuff, it is so worth it. Because once you stop and you get a job, you're doing that for the rest of your life. So stay out there as long as you can. You've definitely got, I mean, you've already got a top 10 this year, right? (laughs) Yes, I do. Yeah, I'm sitting yeah. here looking at you. I can, I know what you're doing, and you do kill it. I want to, you want to sell me about 20 yards? I'll take it. But <laughs> anyway, the point is, I, try to learn to feel comfortable. Thank God you've got a friend that's on the bag that you can hang out with. Distract yourself, enjoy the opportunity, and don't give up because you're going to win an LPGA Tour event. I know it. Thank you, ma'am. <laughs> All welcome. right. Well, well, thank you, Karen, for, for joining us this morning. We appreciate it. And uh, we got to let you go so you can get on with uh, this week's event. And good good luck. And, and uh, definitely reach out to, to Cindy through her email, and she'll send you that information. And uh, I think it's definitely something that's going to help you uh, uh, for down the road in that. So um, good luck this week and, and good luck this season. And uh, hopefully you'll uh, – You'll win a tournament, and you'll be able to come back on and, and join us again. But we appreciate you taking the time uh, this morning very early uh, to join us on the Women of Golf. Thank you guys so much for having me. This was fun. Thank All right. You. Bye-bye. Go make birdies. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. All right. That was a very special guest this morning, Karen Chung. Uh, definitely got a lot of energy, Cindy, and uh, I think um, – She'll uh, she'll do well. I think it's just you know like anything. Uh, a lot of players struggle a little bit when they get out there, especially at that age. You know she's still pretty young yet, and got uh, got to earn her her chops, if you will, out on tour. And and I think uh, you know she's just got to play her own game. All right, let's uh, let's move on and and bring our next special guest uh, this morning, uh, Sally Austin. Uh, she is an LPGA teaching a club professional. Uh, graduated from the UNC with a degree in business admin in 1977. Uh, and at the urging of her father, she helped start the women's golf team at UNC along with Mindy Moore uh, her freshman year. Uh, she played all four years and won the NC Women's uh, Amateur in 1979, uh, turned pro in the fall of 80. Uh, she played professionally on the U.S. mini tours, Asian, European tours, and LPGA uh, taught in golf schools at Pine Needles, uh, Kraft Z- uh, Zavikas uh, Golf Schools, plus uh, several others before becoming the head coach at UNC in 93, uh, where she had been assistant coach for several years uh, and then coached there until the summer of 2009. Now she teaches privately in, in golf schools, mainly at Pine Needles, but uh, moved to Pinehurst this past summer from Chapel Hill. Uh, she became a member of the LPGA Teaching a Club Professional uh, in 1988, and one of her mentors, which we're going to talk about, is uh, was uh, Peggy Kirk-Bell. Uh, and uh, let's uh, welcome this morning a uh, very special guest, Sally Austin. Good morning. Uh, thank you. Good morning. Thank you for having me. It's great to hear from you, Cindy. Well, thanks for doing this. Yeah. I'm actually standing uh, at the Learning Center at Pine Needles. The temperature is... Uh, dropped 20 degrees from yesterday. So if you hear the wind blowing, that's where I am. I'm outside hoping that the signal will uh, be strong enough to to uh, carry. So you hear the wind. So hopefully y'all can hear me okay. What's the temperature? Just... Uh, it's about 49 with a, probably a 10-mile-an-hour <sighs> wind from the north. It's cold. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, we've got a golf school going on. So I'm, I'm, I'm uh, helping in that. So. Very good. Great. Um, yeah, to be out there in under 50 degrees, uh, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> kudos to you, um, <laughs> Sally. Let me let me ask you just because I mentioned it in in the opening uh, credits there. Um, you worked with um, uh, Peggy Kirk Bell. Tell us a little bit about um, her and and your experience. Uh, what did you What did you learn from her? Oh my gosh. You don't have that long a time. Um, I, I started, uh, I came to my first lesson with uh, Ms. Bell, and I still called her Ms. Bell because she was, she was Bonnie's mother to me, so she was always Ms. Bell. But um, my, my mom, Bonnie, her daughter and I were seven days apart in the hospital, and my mother had met 
Ms. Beldan, and so that was the entree for me to for me to come here. But I was probably 12 or 13 when I started taking lessons from her. Uh, they opened their doors to their facility to me. They never charged me a dime. Uh, I can't. Uh, she taught me I, from the chipping. That was my first lesson I remember was learning to chip with a seven iron. And then she taught me the rest of the game all the way up. She, I learned to teach a lot from her. And um, I just learned a lot about life and life on the tour from her. It just, I, uh, she gave me so much and taught me so much. I probably could write a book, but, um, and I can't thank them enough, but, but that's, that's where I, and I'm right here today. So I'm thankful to her. Hmm. That's awesome. Very interesting. Cindy, go ahead. Uh, so, yeah, I know the whole family as well. And, and, and we're not here just to talk about them. We're here to talk about you. So tell us the difference between being a tour player, a college coach, and now a teacher. Wow. Well, <laughs> the coach, oh my God, the tour player, as you know, I mean, I, strugg- I struggled, but it was uh, a goal of mine to get out there. And with help from people like the Bells, who provided me a, fa- a facility and lessons, that was very, and encouragement, by the way. So I, I finally got out to the LPGA. I, I really enjoyed traveling the world pretty much, playing uh, on the mini tours and playing the European tour. That was, that was great for me. And it was all about me when I was out there. When I became a coach, it wasn't so much all about me. And and before, in my off seasons, um, when I was playing, I would come here and teach. I would help in the May golf aries. And uh, so I, and I always listening and learning from all the great teachers that came through here. But then when I, so when I coached, it was obviously not about me, nor should it have been. It was about those kids you recruit. And you bring them in and you get close to them and they're like your kids and you become like a parent and then they quit listening to you. And, you know, it's, it's, a, it's kind of a funny, a funny thing. Um, loved it. Loved being with the, with the players and, and watching their progress and watching them young women and not only get out and play golf and use golf as a profession, but see what else they did beyond that. I coached doctors, dentists, business people, people on Wall Street. I mean, they've really been successful, and I've been very proud of what they've done. And then I started teaching full-time, and I would come here kind of, like I said, in May during my seasons. I would come, well, right after my season, I would come and do a week at least in May here at Golfari, and I'm thinking, gosh, these women are paying me to teach them. They hang on my every word. They thank me. They write me thank you notes. They think I hung the moon. And then I'd go back to coaching, and I'm thinking, I am paying these kids to come here. They get here. They think I don't know anything. <laughs> they, uh, you know, it's like, and they, they, eventually they do. You know, I have a lot on to do. I shouldn't say that, but it was just such a different, you know, they're kids. Um, they, they, so it was, like, it was like, okay, let's see. Um, I had to come to Pine Needles and teach and get a little ego, my ego massage sometimes. Because you, um, the, you know, the kids, like I said, they're kids, and sometimes they, you don't know very much. So um, that was a that was a a big difference in in te- in the teaching and um, how they listen to you. Kids don't, and adults do. It was just it was really it was just an interesting observation, I guess, that I made. Hmm. Very interesting. Um, let me ask you, um, you know, Sally, we, our, our previous guest uh, is, um, as we discovered through our conversation earlier on, that she's really trying to navigate her way uh, on tour right now. She's playing predominantly on the Symmetra Tour, but she does have some status on the LPGA. Um, mm-hmm. But one of the things that, um, that, you know, her and Cindy were talking about was, um, you know, sort of finding her own way and, and her own game. And, you know, there's a lot of technology out there right now that a lot of these young players are using. Do you think that they're getting too caught up in the technology, um, some of these young players that, that are playing professionally? You know, that's a great question for me. I, I was had the great 
fortune to be taught by Peggy Bell, Harvey Ward, Wiffy Smith, Bob Grant. They were they were they were really good players, and they taught me the basic fundamentals, which they thought were incredibly important. Um, but but they also wanted me to learn how to play. I remember coming home when I was on tour and um, with having a lesson with Wiffy. And she came up to me, and I'm actually out there hitting and hitting and hitting. I love to practice. And she goes, how are you hitting it? I said, I'm hitting it okay. She said, well, why are you still hitting balls? I said, well, I want it to be perfect. And she said to me, well, what is perfect, and when are you going to get there? You need to go play. We need to go out and play. And sometimes I think these kids get so caught up in having a perfect golf swing, whatever that is, that they forget that how to play the game or to play the game and it to me the beauty of the game is the imagination and creativity and artistry and I just wasn't one I learned it the hard way uh but could that could get caught up in all that um all the mechanics I tried to but it didn't work uh and and I just was taught by I mean Whiffy Smith I, I she just was an artist with the game she was a great player that quit playing it 22 or 3 after winning nine LPGA events and 39 amateur titles all over the world because of injury. But, I mean, she was a great player, unbelievable golf swing, unbelievable short game. Harvey Ward, if anybody watched him, the same thing. I mean, around the greens, you know, he was just, he was just a magician. And so they – we would play. And they talked a lot about playing golf. And that's what I used to talk to my – team about I said you know we got to play the game of golf I mean, there you, if you come in and tell me you hit it well and didn't play well uh, that you played well but didn't score well I mean to me scoring was playing hitting it well is not necessarily playing well I could hit it well and not play you know with a toot but you can hit the ball like crap and play play really well I think right um, I mean that was some of my best rounds don't you don't you think Cindy I mean <laughs> Some of my be- some of my best rounds were rounds. I mean, I remember playing in a mini tour event. I was leading, and I hadn't gotten the ball off the ground on the fairways, and I shot one under, or you know, or something like that, because I just figured out how to get the ball around the golf course, given what I had that day. And uh, I wonder if I, to me, I'm not sure. I, some of these kids, I think they lose some of that as they get as they get older and get more into mechanics and being told they've got to swing mm-hmm. a certain way when that way. That's just what I think. So you got me on a a topic that I, you know, I kind of have a, I have a, a strong opinion about. So. Well, I, I think, think we share. Right? I think. Yeah. Go ahead, Cindy. Go ahead, Ted. Well. I, what I was going to yeah, all I was going to just say real quick is I was just. Playing. Yeah, that's that's exactly true. All I was going to say real quick, Cindy, was, um, I agree with you, Sally. Is I think that. Um, you know, a lot of the, the, the kids today are, are more concerned with the mechanics. And that's why when you look down the, the range, watching them at a tour event, they're all hitting the ball pretty much the same. When you look back, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago, and you look down the range, everybody had a much more unique. Um, you know, you look at some of the men on tour and even some of the ladies on tour, there was um, a, a lot of difference in how they hit the ball and work the ball. Nowadays, everything is, is just sort of the same, and uh, it, it's it's a shame, really, because I think that's why so many of them struggle out there is because they're all they're not really learning how to play the game; they're just learning how to hit the ball well. Um, sorry, go ahead, Sydney. No, I agree, Sally. You go ahead. Well, I you know, and I I see that I I, I think a lot of the artistry is gone, and when I've watched kids as little kid, you know, as when I used to watch. And recruit and watch the juniors play. Someone I, I learned after coaching a couple of years that I needed to find players, not just ball strikers. And mm-hmm. I can name a couple of them. I mean, Shona S just comes to mind. I remember watching her, I think down at Myrtle Beach play, and Beth Bauer was they were actually head to head kind of thing. And I'm thinking, you know, I'd love to have this kid. She hit it. She never worried. She hit it everywhere. But I could see her focus was always on the next shot and how to hit the next shot and get it out and, and, and get it in the hole. It was about getting the ball in the hole um, to her. And, you know, that's how I think Seve Ballesteros played. I used to love to watch him because he was never on the golf course. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, I, I think <laughs> that uh, Bubba Watson's a little bit that way, and I hope 
he never lets go of that because I, I, I find it refreshing. I couldn't teach his golf swing, but I would like to teach his course um, the way he approaches the game in some ways with great creativity and imagination because that's the mm-hmm. beauty of, of the game. It's not just – I mean, Bryson DeChambeau makes my head spin. Yeah, <laughs> you know, right. to him. <laughs> but but he's playing well. I mean, I can't fall. I think some people do play well that way. I just have seen I, what I thought were some junior players that as they get get along in years and they lose that uh, creativity and imagination and love of getting the ball in the hole without necessarily having whatever that perfect golf swing might be. Mm-hmm. Well, I can give you a great example of, of that. If you look at Jack Nicklaus, uh, he certainly was not the best ball striker on tour. His wedge game, by his own admission, uh, was subpar, um, but yet he went on to win, you know, uh, how many majors and uh, not mm-hmm. to mention, you know, uh, dozens of other tournaments uh, internationally. So there's a perfect example. And a, an example of the opposite, too, uh, is you know that that plays much more like a machine and he's actually just back now off of uh, some injury is Luke Donald on the men's tour you know he has yeah. an incredible ball striking ability but if you look at his career he hasn't really won a lot compared to many others out there um so you know it's great to look nice and have a pretty swing but if you can't put it all together at the end of the day and get the ball in the hole in the fewest strokes possible you're not going to be a champion um Cindy go ahead so how long is this golf school for? Tell us what you're doing. Okay, well, I am actually kind of substituting for Pat McGowan. Um, he's going down to see his son play, who's playing on the web.com. So he's leaving today to go down there. So I'm just kind of subbing in for him, and then I'll be doing uh, subbing for him on Thursday in the Golf Academy. So these are golf academies. They're shorter than the golfaris that they have. The golfaris, they've got, they do have a couple of golfari, but they mainly for women, uh, they're, they're a week, Monday, Monday to Friday. These are two-day two day golf golf academies. So I'm, I'm teaching in that, kind of substituting, and then I will be full-time at the golfaris and um, – you know, giving a few private lessons here and there too. So, well, nice. Now, tell us uh, what's McGowan's son's name? Is it Michael? Michael. Yep. He's having. He's struggling a little bit um, out there. He he had a thumb injury and probably should have taken a a medical. But um, because he, you know, I, I saw him last week and or week before, and he said it was catch. He would take it as his left hand and he'd take it back to the top of his swing and it would catch him right as he I mean I said oh my gosh Michael constant pain's a lot better than that sudden jab at the top of your back swing because it, it could right. keep the ball you know so hopefully he will have a good tournament um he's a great kid and has he's got great imagination and I hope he never he never loses that because he was a play he's a player um you know he just he's got great mechanics too don't get me wrong but he's um he's a player you know, he just he plays a game, and hopefully he won't he won't lose that. That's great. So, Ted, just for your information, Bonnie Bell is Peggy Kirkbell's daughter, and she married Pat McGowan, who played on tour with Alan forever. And yeah, um, okay. their son is playing on the Web.com tour. So everything's intertwined and connected here. <laughs> We're all about yeah. old buddies. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, we've known each other a long time, and it's it is kind of um, amazing how those ties and connections run. Um, small world golf, but isn't it awesome? Now, Sally, are you? Yeah, are you playing any competitive golf now, Sally, at all? Like on well, the Legends you know, or, or anything? I, 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 I've not ever been able to get on the Legends. I've never figured out that formula, but. Um, I play in the LPGA TNCP, and uh, then I'm gonna. Mm-hmm. I played in the senior, the senior open last year, and I'm gonna try to qualify again this year. Uh, I'm not. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I, you know, I'm, I'm toying with not doing it, but I can't. I know I can't be, get in it if I don't try. But my game is not. I don't. Is not where I want it to be. But I would really like to play in it because it is here at Pine Needles, and it's my home course. So. Oh yeah. We'll see. Yeah. We'll awesome. see, but you know awesome. how the head does. You know what the head does when you want to do it too badly. <laughs> so, 
Yeah, you Go know, ahead, Cindy. you know, like I know only too well. I wanted it so bad last year, I blew it. So <laughs> I, I'm going yeah. with it too because it's the qualifiers the day after Easter, and I don't think they're letting us play a practice round. It's like, yeah, do I really want to do this? Yeah, but, where is it? Where's your qualifier? Uh, Columbus, Ohio. Columbus okay. Country Club. Well, the weather, weather could be icky too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, mm. I'm well, used to that. I'm you know, from Buffalo, but again, it's not life or death. It is what it no, is. It is what it is. You're exactly right. If, if you don't get in it, you can't. You can't. Uh, can't. There's. That's definite. If you don't try, you know you won't be there. So. Right. Anyway, you are right, so. my darling. Yep. So, what's your best Peggy Kirkbell story? Oh my gosh, the best one I can't tell in I can't tell in public. But <laughs> there are so many. There are so many uh, that I can tell that that she is something that woman. But um, or was um, I'm, I'm, you know, I everybody hears about all of her, ex, her flying around the country, uh, in an air her own airplane uh, when she was on tour, and I've, I've listened to those stories, and um, I'm trying to think of one I can tell. She was. She loved to, to drive fast, and she did. She did, and she got a lot of tickets. And Mr. Bell would host the. He always hosted the Highway Patrolman here, and I think it was hoping that they would look kindly on her. <laughs> but she ran. I remember speaking of that. I mean, I remember her. I was at, at Pine Hills in the, you know, right there at the front door, and she comes flying in there, and she said, "The cops are after me, but I think I lost them." I think I outran. <laughs> I mean, you know, and I took her. Oh I took her God. to. Um, I took her. I know. I took her to Augusta. She for something. She got something down there several years ago, and um, I, so I took her down day or Tuesday night, and we spent the night. Um, anyway, she she is getting on me because I'm not driving fast enough. So. It, I said, "Look, are you going to pay my ticket? I mean, how is this going to work?" But that her her love of speed. She owned a motorcycle. Her love of adventure, her risk taking, um, just her her zest and love of life and people. And it was it was uh, I was so blessed to have been here and sat with her and listened to stories between her and Harvey Ward and her and Wiffy Smith. And Pat, uh, you know, Patty Berg was in here all, a lot, and it's just I can't. It's hard to believe all that I was exposed to and how fortunate I was because of the Be- Mrs. Bell and, and the Bell family. She that kind of sounds like a little, that. yeah. That, that kind of sounded a little bit like a Thelma and Louise moment there, um, <laughs> with the two of you driving to, to Augusta. <laughs> It could have been. She'd have been fine with that. It could have been. It was like, I can't go any faster. I'm already 10 miles over the speed limit. That's my limit. <laughs> oh, I, I went with her sure. to Germany. A last-minute kind of thing, and she said, um, Lufthansa, we can get this flight. Let's go to um, the Passion Play. So she got to, of course, was able to get tickets at the last minute to Passion Play. So we went around Germany, and this was right after the wall had fallen. And Back to the speed thing. So I could tell you many stories about that. It was so much fun being with her. It was crazy. But we we rented a car and we're on the um, uh, what do you call it? the uh, autobahn? Aut- and I'm driving, yeah. and she says, "Can I drive?" And I said, "Sure." So I pull over. She was seventy, <laughs> sixty nine, seventy at the time. So we pull over. She gets in the car to drive, and there are five of us in the car because it's a friend of hers and friends of hers. So anyway, so she is flying down the fair down the Audubon, and I look over, she's going over 100, she is peeling a banana, fiddling with the radio, and I looked at her, and I oh. said, Ms. Bell, can, can I, can, you just keep your eyes and hands on the wheel, and let me peel your banana, and I will tune the radio, and please watch the road, and so that's what we did, and she, but she loved going that fast, I will just tell you. Wow. <laughs> yeah, the Audubon would be just perfect for her. <laughs> It was perfect for her. I'm telling you, she loved right. it. And, but anyway, so that's one of my many little stories there. 
Well, that's I think that's uh, yeah, that's a good one. Um, well, we'll have to have you come back again, Sally. Unfortunately, we're we're just about out of time because uh, I'm sure you've got some other great stories to share as well. And and uh, I want to hear about the one where she got lost in the woods one night and oh, and that um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I forgot about that. Actually, you know what we we got we got enough time. Actually, go ahead and share that. I'm I'm dying to hear this one. Well. So she she was out walking, and I think it was in November. It was a nice night. It was a nice evening, and she thought she heard somebody cutting timber on her property about a back. I think it was back on the sixth or seventh, sixth hole, maybe somewhere back where the woods are to the right. She thought she heard somebody cutting on her property, so she was going to go back there and find out. And when she went back there, and it was right at sunset, well, it got dark, and she got lost because she couldn't see a thing. So she sat on a log and spent the night on the log so she could see to get her way back. Well, the funniest thing is her husband didn't even miss her because he felt like he thought, well, she fell, she fell asleep on the couch, and then she had Bible study the next morning. That's what he thought when, when she wasn't there in the morning. And he, she'd just gotten up and gone to Bible study. And so he, got, she, he loved it, though. He, she was so upset at him, and he laughed, and we all laughed. And so for Christmas, she got maps and compasses and flashlights and, you know, things <laughs> to help her get out of the woods. <laughs> but, yeah, she spent the wow. night in the – I think it was November on a log. <laughs> uh, so, wow. Yeah. <laughs> some very great uh, memories and some very great stories uh that you shared this morning. Thank you. Sally, we, we would love to have you come back on again and, and talk a little bit more, obviously uh, more golf and that when, when it's convenient for you. But uh, sure. I know you've got a lot of insight to, sh- to share with our audience and uh, maybe we'll get into a little bit more of the instructional <laughs> side and, and, and offer some tips and, and ideas for some of the listeners out there to, to help them along with their game. But um, we enjoyed having you this morning. Uh, join us. We appreciate uh you sharing the stories and, and sharing some insight uh, of your career and, and just golf in general. Well, thank you so much. It's uh, nice to think somebody thinks I'm interesting enough to have me back. But, uh, I really appreciate it. <laughs> 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 yeah. oh, I love you. <laughs> thank you hey, for I'm, being I'm, I'm from, great. Yeah, I'm from Rayford, North Carolina. We're not very interesting there. <laughs> oh, I think you're pretty cool. <laughs> Well, I would you, just Cindy. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Yeah, well, thank you. Sally Austin, thank you very much for joining us this morning here on the Women of Golf and you're welcome to come back anytime. We appreciate having you and and uh keep up the great work and and I hope you get a chance to uh, I hope you consider playing in in uh, some events this year. I think you'll uh, you'll have a lot of fun and uh win lose or draw, it's if you don't if you don't at least try, you'll never know. So um best you're of luck exactly uh, right. the rest of the season. Yeah, best of luck for the season. Well, and uh, we'll have you come back again. Well, thank you so much, Cindy. Hope to see you at the Senior Women's Open. Yeah, me too. Maybe we'll get to play together. Thanks, honey. Maybe so. Thanks for having me. Thanks, guys. All right. Yeah. All right. Bye-bye. 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 All right. Our very special guest uh, uh, in the second half, uh, Sally Austin, LPJ teaching and club professional out at Pine Needles. Um very, uh, you know, Cindy, we've just got a minute or two, and then I know we, we've got to close off, but, um, you know, she speaks a lot of truth, uh, you know, about being a player uh, and, and not really focusing so much on the mechanics. And I think that's really something that you try to instill in, in your students, correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you know what? Every once in a while, we've got to get reminded. So I'm very grateful that she was on the show because uh, – it's called it's a game that we play so go play right. golf right yeah. exactly sure, for sure, for sure. well well we've got to wrap up and we appreciate uh all of you tuning in the this morning here on the women of golf show and on behalf of cindy miller i'm ted odorico thank you for joining us this morning we'll see you next week thanks cindy talk to you later bye-bye thanks Thanks for listening this morning to the Women of Golf Show. Tune in live each week by visiting blogtalkradio.com forward slash women of golf or on any of these social media platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, 
Talk Stream Live, and of course, Spotify. If you can't join us live, check out our on-demand section for previously aired broadcasts. To get updates for future shows and upcoming guests, you can follow us on Facebook at Women of Golf. You can also follow me on Twitter at Ted and Buck CEO and Cindy at Cindy Miller Golf. Please remember to join us next week on the Women of Golf Show. See you next time. This has been a production of the iGolf Sports Network.